just want to welcome everyone again, and uh, a special welcome if this is your first time um, to our church, and, and maybe this is your first time to church ever, and I just want to say welcome again. My name is Dave, and it's just really my honor and privilege to worship with you and be a part of this uh, with you. It's been such an amazing, amazing experience so far, um, and I, I just really pray that today you would experience God and that you would understand what Christmas is and that's really my goal today, is to tell you a little bit about the heart of what Christmas is. Um, Christmas every year is a gift that we have to understand and re-understand and unpack and, and try to, to see what it's really about. Because in a lot of ways, Christmas is a little bit distracting. Um, and it's, it's hard for us to find what the core of Christmas is. Um, I don't know if you've ever received a really strange gift at Christmas. I remember um, I got this gift, and my birthday is two days before Christmas. My birthday is on the 23rd. And I remember when I was in high school, there was this girl who gave me a Christmas slash birthday present. And um, it was very confusing because she gave me a box of cereal uh, for Christmas. And I was wondering what it meant that she gave me a box of cereal for Christmas. And I was wondering, do you like me? Or like, is this... <laughs> Like, it was just very confusing, and I didn't really understand what it, what it really meant. Um, in a lot of ways, I, I feel like Christmas is like that. Uh, we get Christmas. We see, uh, many of us do know that Christmas is about Jesus Christ coming to us in a manger. And for many of us, we, we have to really ask the question, what does it mean? What is this? We know what it is, the gift. It's Jesus in the manger. But so What? What does it really mean that Jesus comes to us in a manger? And today, I really kind of want to unpack that with you, what it means that he comes as a child. And I want to go to Zechariah with you to see what that is. And so if we would go to Zechariah 9.9, we'll have it on the screen here. And we'll read Zechariah 9.9. And it goes just like this. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. This is the word of the Lord. Um, Zechariah 9.9 helps us to scratch the surface of what it means that he comes to us in a baby. He comes to us lowly, and I just want to focus on that word, lowly is he, and gentle he comes to us, and what that really means for us, because when we understand just that bit, it will really change the way that we look at Jesus Christ, and for many of us, um, what it means for us to come to God. You know, C.S. Lewis, he one time, he said in his uh, book, The Last Battle, uh, through the mouth of little Lucy, he said, once in our world, a stable had something in it that was bigger than our whole world. Once in our world, a stable held something that was bigger than the whole world. When we begin to understand what Christmas is, we see how it affects us and how it changes us and changes our lives. But it takes some unpacking to know what it really means that he came to us lowly, lowly. So would you bow your heads and pray with me and ask for God's help with me as we look at this passage. Lord, what a great celebration that we have today, but I pray, help us to now dig into the kernel of what it means that you came to us lowly on a donkey. Father, we pray that you would help us to understand Christmas because every year 
We need to unpackage it again. And Father, we just pray that today you would help us as we look into this passage, that you would help us that in our lives we're affected by the fact that he came lowly. Help us, Lord, because we do need your help. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. What does it mean that he came to us lowly? Uh, lowly and riding on a donkey, uh, he came. The story of Christmas is the story that Jesus Christ came in human form and he came and he was born into a manger. But I really want to start before that and I really want to start with this fundamental theological idea. And I know this is a big idea, but it's also very simple. I just want to start with you this idea that God is fundamentally love. That God is fundamentally love. And I know that that's not surprising for many of us, but I do want to dig in and to unpack it a little bit and make it a little bit more complex for us. Our God, as Christians, we believe that our God is a Trinitarian God, which means that before creation, before he created anything, before anything happened, that God in and of himself in the Trinity was together with the Son and the Spirit, with the Father. And so you just heard me baptize uh, Vlad and our children in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe that our God is not just one, but we believe that our God is three. But not only three, but that three is one. It's one of the great mysteries of Christianity. We call it the Trinity, that our God is actually three persons in one God. Now, what that means is that before God created anything, God was already in relationship with himself. That he was in relationship with God the Son, God the Spirit. And in that trinity, there was love and harmony and unity before he made anything. Before anything existed, there was love. Now, when God created, he created and sin entered into the world and sin devastated us. Sin ruined us. Sin brought into our lives sadness and pain and hurts, things that were not intended for us. And when God saw what sin was doing to his creation, God became angry. God had wrath, and his wrath was, Bible says, provoked within him. He was provoked to anger. But I want to show you that God, before he is provoked to anger, is fundamentally love. That God has been loving longer than he has been wrathful. In fact, he had to have his anger provoked in him, but it never says that his love had to be provoked in him. He was always love. Love is not something that needed to be provoked or stirred up within him. That's anger. You see, we're the opposite. When you read the book of Hebrews, it says stir one another up or provoke one another up to what? Love. Because we are sinful. We are born sinful, we are born broken, and so we are foundationally in the fall, broken, angry, unkind. But as Christ comes into our life, as happened to Vlad just now, now we have Jesus Christ and we provoke one another, not to anger, but we provoke one another up to love. Now we can love. But you see, that's the opposite of God. God was first love, and then he was provoked to anger. It's a lot of theology, I know, for Christmas. But I want to show you that because that's one of the things that we get in Christmas. What Christmas is, brothers and sisters, is that God, who is fundamentally love and mercy and kindness, comes into our world and introduces himself to us in the flesh as Jesus Christ, born in a manger. 
That is what is coming to us this Christmas. That's what it means. He comes lowly on the fowl of a donkey. That He did not come in wrath, but he came as he is in love. When we look at this passage, we see that he comes incredibly gently and meekly in a way that's almost surprising how gently and humbly he comes to us. It says not only does he come on a donkey, but it says he comes on the fowl of a donkey. That's a baby donkey. I don't even know how you ride a baby donkey, right? But that's the imagery here. He comes so lowly to us this Christmas that God Almighty, the King of the universe, comes to us low. And that's what Christmas is. When we begin to unpack that and really experience that, we as adults, we begin to understand the profundity of Christmas. But not until we unpack that do you understand how profound Christmas is. It says here that he came lowly, and that word lowly is the Hebrew word ani. And here's what it means. Oftentimes we think that Jesus Christ came humbly, um, and he's almost like pretending to be low. He's almost pretending to be like us, but he's really not. But the word here, ani, is so profound, because if you think about someone who, who goes down to love on somebody who is in need, love somebody who is homeless, maybe, to say, or hungry, the picture of Ani is not the person who is helping, but Ani is the person who is hurting. You see, Jesus is not saying, I've come to be the person who helps the lowly. He does do that, but here he's saying, I've come to be the person who is needy. That's how low he came. And sometimes it's hard for us to grasp and believe that, that he came that low, that he was actually hungry. Many of us have never really been hungry in our life. Like, you know, we've been hungry, but not hungry, in need. Jesus has. We've never actually sat with someone who's a criminal and had to minister to them, be kind to them, and bring them towards a place of love and repentance Very few of us have been there, but Jesus has been there. And Jesus says, I have come not only humble, but I have come as somebody who understands need. I'm not here just to minister to the lowly. I am lowly. And that's what it means that he came in a manger. This series has been called The Approachable Messiah. Today is the second time we're looking at this passage and Christmas Day when we have a joint service with Chode, we'll look at it one more final time. But today I just want to focus on this word lowly. What does it mean? He's not pretending, brothers and sisters, to be lowly. He actually is in deep need in a way that is more profound and more real than maybe you ever believed that he was. That's the surprise of Christmas. Hark the Herald, there's a line that says, Pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. What he's saying is, I am one of you. And not only that, I've come in the lowliest form of one of you. Now, the rest of the sermon, I want to ask the question, why? Why did he do that? And the reason that I want to say he came so lowly in a manger in such need is because unless he came that way, many of us would never receive him. 
He's a strange gift in that he comes so lowly, and we don't really understand what that means, that God, the King of kings, the Messiah, comes lowly. And so it's kind of like that cereal gift that I got. We don't really understand what it is. But I want to explain to you today, the reason he came so low is that unless he came like that, many of us would never, ever go to him. He came like that so that he would be the approachable Messiah. The approachable Messiah. Hebrews 4.15 says this. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I came to you lowly so that you understand that I understand. That you understand that I understand. When you feel broken, I understand. When you feel brought down, low, I understand. When you have need, I understand. Even when you sin, I understand. You see, that's so hard for us to grasp because for us, we think of the Messiah from heaven coming to us so pure, so untouchable, that when he experiences sin and brokenness and dirt, there's a part of him, we think there's a part of God that says, ugh, that he cringes at sin. And that's often how we look at Jesus. But my brothers and sisters, do you understand what the gift is? Do you understand what the gift of Christmas is, that he's born in a manger What it means is that he will never cringe at you. Your Lord Jesus Christ will never cringe at you when you come to him. And we have this deep need not to be cringed at as broken people. Do you ever feel that in your life? That there's something so messed up about you. That there's something so messed up about your marriage, about your home, about your history, your past. That sometimes we think if we go to him, that he will cringe at us. Well, every time we hit Christmas on the calendar, you should always be reminded that he is never going to cringe at you because he is the approachable Messiah. You know, I used to do a lot of homeless ministry, and uh, what I realized when I was doing homeless ministry in New Jersey and down in New Orleans is there's this strange thing that happens where there's so much provided to those who are homeless, and and there was a lot that is provided to them. And you go down a few times to do homeless ministry, and you're really, really encouraged by all that you're able to do. But then the longer you go, if you go for years and years and years, one of the things you realize is that there are more people in, in some cities who don't take advantage of the services provided than those who do. That blew me away, that there were all these people that even though these services were provided for them and offered to them, wouldn't come. And so uh, when we used to go down to New Orleans, we used to uh, walk into the streets and go into actually closer to crack houses than we even knew we were, and we used to engage them. And I used to ask them, you guys know all this is provided at the shelter, why don't you come? And I realized that the greatest need that many of them felt was not the need for the stuff, but was the need to be accepted and seen. A lot of them did not come because they didn't want to be cringed at. I never realized that. That even though they needed food and shelter, that even more important than that 
was that they needed to be seen, accepted, dignified as people. And if they weren't going to get that, then they weren't going to come. If you read Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, it's a powerful account of a man who's lived through four different concentration camps. And in these concentration camps, you see a deep pain, but also a humanity to who we are. You know, when I read um, Man's Search for Meaning, I was really surprised by how much I learned about us, about who we are. You know that Viktor Frankl tells us that in the concentration camps that they even had comedy. And you wouldn't think that they would have comedy shows in a concentration camp. But it, he talks to us about the pain and, and the, the humanity and even the humor of those camps. But the big thing that I walked away from reading uh, Viktor Frankl's accounts of those camps in Man's Search of Meaning was this need to be dignified. For obvious reasons, the prisoners and inmates didn't go after the guards, and they didn't challenge or threaten the guards for obvious reasons. Their life was in danger. But Viktor Frankl tells of a time when he did actually push back and rebel and retaliate against the guard, and it's not for reasons that you would think. You see, they were deprived deeply. The bread was taken away. They were not given warmth. They were frozen solid. Their bodies were deteriorating. Things kept being taken away from them. But Viktor Frankl, he tells of the moment that he actually retaliated against the guard, and it was for this reason. You see, Viktor Frankl, before he went to the concentration camps, he was a doctor. He was a good doctor, and he gave his life to help people. But he was in this labor camp, and the guard saw that he wasn't doing his work well, and he tells Viktor Frankl, you must have been a selfish, lazy person in your previous life. Because look at you, you can't even do the work that you're being called to do. You must have been a lazy, selfish doctor. And Frankel says it was in that moment that he broke. He didn't break in all those times that bread was taken away from him, when his warmth was taken away from him. But it was in that moment that his dignity was taken away. When who he was at the core was challenged. He said, that I couldn't take. You see, we have this deep need to not be cringed at, to be seen and to be loved and to be accepted and to be dignified. And if we don't get that, just like the homeless, we won't come. We won't come. And don't you see, brothers and sisters, what Christmas is? Do you see it or you don't? Do you see what Christmas is? You, how many Christmases have you lived through your whole life? Have you seen this? What Christmas means is that Jesus Christ comes to you so lowly so that you would actually go to him and know he will never cringe at you. Regardless of your sin, regardless of your suffering, he will always see you because he is lower than you in his incarnation. Here he is in the stable, born next to feces and animals. He says, I come to you lowly. See your king, he comes to you lowly on the fowl of a donkey. You see, if he came to us at Christmas and he was pure, but he was superior, we would never come. If he came holy, but he came pretentious, 
we would never come. If he was Messiah, but he was distant, we would never come. Do you understand what the gift is? Do you understand what the gift of a Messiah in a manger actually is? It means that he will never, ever cringe at you because he is lowly in heart. And he says, come to me. You will never shock me with your sin. You will never shock me with your suffering. And I'll never, I promise, I'll never cringe at you because I come to you lowly. And when you can't go to anybody else in the world, when you can't tell your sins and you can't tell your suffering to anyone else in the world, you can always tell me because I'm lowly in heart. That's what Christmas is. We call it the humiliation of Jesus Christ. The Son of God brought low so that you never be afraid to talk to him, never be afraid to come to him. He makes himself approachable to you. He's the approachable Messiah, and he approaches you first. I just want to close by um, telling you one story that illustrates this, but I just want to address, if you're here for the first time and you're not a believer, maybe you've been here before, but like Vlad, you're still working through your faith. I just want to give an invitation to you, my brother, my sister, however you feel about Jesus Christ, don't walk past him this Christmas, especially because you misunderstand him. And you think that if you come to him for salvation, you come to him with who you are, you think he's going to cringe at you, you think he's going to turn away from you. That's not who he is. He is the approachable Messiah. And today, if you come to him and you ask for faith and forgiveness, you will be proven, he will prove himself to be the approachable, humble Messiah that he is. In Mark 1, I want to read to you verses 40 and 42 before I close. Jesus, um, in his ministry, he shows us what his incarnation really is. In Mark 1, verse 40 to 42, it says this. And a leper came to him, imploring him and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. And moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. There was nobody else um, more cringeworthy in the ancient world than a leper. In fact, by law, they had to be separated. And everyone had to be separated from the leper because they were the lowliest, not only because their disease was contagious, but because religiously they were seen to be wrong, unclean. And here was the thing. Every time clean and unclean came in contact with each other, unclean always won. If you didn't have leprosy and you met a leper, you would always get leprosy. In the time of COVID-19, we understand this, don't we? We always, when clean and unclean meet, unclean always won. And that's why everyone cringed at lepers. But this is Jesus Christ meeting a leper for the first time here, and he cries out to Jesus Christ, if you will, then you can make me clean. Do you see what the leper is saying here? If you will, and that's the tension of the passage. What kind of Messiah is Jesus, really? What kind of Messiah is he? The leper is asking, if you have a heart to love me, if you have a heart to accept me, if you have a heart to not cringe at me, if you just have that heart, I no, I'm going to be clean. 
You see the faith there. That's the tension of the passage. What kind of Messiah is Jesus going to be? Because on one hand, you have the law that says that Jesus can't do this. He's got to stay away from this leper. He can't do it. You have the uncleanness. You have the disgust and the cringe of going near a leper. But on the other hand, there's a chance that he's a merciful Messiah. There's a chance that he's fundamentally love. That's exactly how Jesus responds. He responds by saying, I will. See, the leper says, if you will, if it's in your heart, if you're, that, if you're that kind of Messiah who would touch a leper, if you're that kind of Messiah, I will be clean. And Jesus says, I am. I was that kind of God always. I was fundamentally loving, fundamentally kind and forgiving And he says, I will. You saw me for who I am. I am the lowly Messiah who touches lepers. That's who I am. I will never cringe at you. And he reaches out his hand and touches the most cringeworthy person in that town, the leper. And for the first time in history, clean and unclean came in contact and clean won. Because he is not only lowly, but he is the king. For the first time, sin and cleanliness came in contact, and cleanliness, forgiveness, won. That's the gospel, brothers and sisters. That's who he is, the approachable Messiah. When you approach him, what you will find is that he changes your life. Things change in the approachable Messiah because in him, There is redemption, forgiveness, everything that you've been looking for but afraid to come to him about. It's in him. So I want to tell you and challenge you, if you haven't been near to the Lord in a really long time, if because of COVID-19 or whatever reason you've been far from him, you need to approach him this Christmas because the whole message of Christmas is you don't need to be far from me. I'm approachable, so come near to me. And in his incarnation, he is telling you that you can approach him and you don't have to be afraid and you don't have to stay apart from him. And he says to you, have I ever distanced myself from you? Have I ever left you? Never. You've left me you don't need to be afraid to come back. I'll never cringe at you, no matter how far you've been away, no matter how far you've been from a heart of worship, from being a part of a Christian community. You don't have to keep being ashamed. You can come back. I'm the approachable Messiah. And today, brothers and sisters, I want to challenge you. Look, if you've been away from him a long time, approach him. Approach him because he is approachable. That's why he came. That's what Christmas is. And this Christmas, I want to call you. Approach him again. He's calling you now. Approach him for salvation. Approach him for forgiveness. Approach him in your suffering. Because he is the approachable Messiah. He's come. And he'll never cringe at you. Let's pray. Together. As we glory in that gospel message. 
I just want to give you an opportunity, each of you, to go to him, the approachable Messiah, and what he's offered to you. If you're here and you're not a Christian, I I do want to give you this opportunity. Speak with him and experience the mercy and the grace that is in him. And if you've been away from the faith a long time, I I bet you you didn't expect this Christmas that you would receive a call like this. But this is the Christmas message, that he is gentle and lowly, a Messiah in a manger. Won't you receive him? Won't you come back? And go to him and see what he says to you. My brothers and sisters, at this time, uh, let's spend a moment in prayer and respond to God. why you've been so far away tell him about it he won't cringe at you he won't turn you away tell him why you can't believe in him he won't cringe at you he won't turn you away he says I'm gentle and lowly in heart you can always talk to me you can always come to me even when you can't tell anybody else about what's wrong you can always tell me gentle and lowly in heart. Why don't we go to him in a moment of honesty this Christmas as he offers himself to you. Won't you open up to him? Father, this Christmas, we thank you that you are the humble king. You are the one who came lowly in need. And in that need, you really showed us who you are. And that invitation is stronger than we ever imagined it would be. Father, we just want to tell you that um, we needed you to be this lowly. Because we, we are ashamed, we're embarrassed about a lot of things. And we just thank you that you have come to us in such an approachable way. Because if you didn't, I don't know if we ever would have come. But we thank you that you are God of the broken. You're a friend of the weak. You wash the feet of those who are scared of you and have stayed far away from you. I pray that today that you would make yourself clear to us so that we understand Christmas. We understand what you're doing in your incarnation. A Messiah in a manger, I pray. Make it clear to us. And then... Help us to approach you, because in approaching our King, our whole life will change. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's all rise and let's respond to God with this song.